Welcome to The Willing Podcast, Chronicles of a Church Planning Team. I am here, as always, with Lacey Hunley. Hi. And uh, we have joining us for the first time her wonderful husband, Ethan, which who, who you may actually know from the Nerdy Apologist Podcast. Greetings and salutations. All right, maybe we should redo it again. No, okay. <laughs> Just kidding. I thought that was a pretty good sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good job, good job. All right, so... We have some exciting news right now. So not only are the Hunleys in in Vermont, which is basically going to be the topic of today, but um, um, myself and my wife are officially in Vermont. We're here in person. We're two-thirds of the team has finally made it to Vermont. So that's pretty exciting. How are you guys feeling about that? Like with the whole team finally starting to slowly, you know, make its way, not downtown, but upstate. Up to a different state. We are ready and riled. Ready and riled. Riled. We are ready and riled. Ready and riled. Like riled up? Yeah, just riled up. We're (laughs) ready to go? (laughs) That's how a southerner feels when she moves to the mountains. Riled up. Riled up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's, um, we're really excited. Um, I mean, we've, uh, I think for us, like, we've plugged in. Uh, to, to New King a lot and have it's just we're really excited about all the new people we've met mm-hmm. and so we're excited for the team to also be excited for all the new people that we've met yeah you yeah know? absolutely and, and for us all to meet you know and and just sort of join this community you know mm-hmm. um, for sure so, yeah I don't know it's it's really exciting well for people who may not have listened to any of the previous podcasts or maybe unfamiliar with what we're doing. Lacey, can you d- explain what he means by when he says, you know, getting involved with New King? Because, I mean, this is a church planning podcast. It may sound kind of weird that we're, you know, j- joining a different church right now or right. something like that. Yeah. So, um, New King has been um, almost like this flagship church um, in the middle of Burlington, Vermont. Um, and we know that we have been called to the Burlington area of Vermont. Um, and this church has been really healthy for at least like five to six years. Um, it's just been growing steadily and they just, we have so much to glean from them and they are willing and excited to, um, willing, they're willing and excited to like mentor us and to teach us, um, things that they've learned that are, important to do in church planting in Vermont, but also things that are important that they've learned to probably shy away from. Um, and so, yeah, so they're just willing to mentor us and be our little family while we um, figure out where God has to plant us. Yeah, and I mean, one of their goals is to plant from their church as well. You know? Yeah. And so yeah. it's, you know, when we can come up with the intention of planting um yeah i think it's a great opportunity for us and for them yeah so yeah um so what the hunleys are politely trying to say is that we are here here to steal from them to (laughs) to like plunder and pillage all of their good ideas and the things that they've been doing over the last uh several years they've been really successful and steal them from them we're scouting yeah we're replicating and imitation is the highest form of flattery. Exactly. So we are flattering them. Yeah, there you go. There you go. That's better than stealing. That's right. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for this. And they have a whole pipeline to help uh, church planners and church planning teams who want to come up here and, and do this to uh, kind of 
um, come alongside of us and just provide us with the materials and the experience to to help us in the long run when we actually plant. So we're not just coming up here and, and you know, doing it blindly. Speaking up as we go, yeah. Yeah, so it's a really cool opportunity that we're all super grateful for and, and excited to really jump in and get going. But the main thing that I want to talk about today is you guys and how you guys are doing with the whole transition and everything. So I sent you guys some, some questions to be thinking about. Um, and, uh, I'm pretty much just going to go down the list, but you don't, don't, don't feel like you can't say anything that's, uh, I don't know, like a, like a little rabbit trail or something like that if you really want to. But, um, so the main thing that I, I first want to start with is as Southerners born and raised, uh, how has it been going from the, uh, almost as South as you can get in Louisiana to, almost as north as you can get without crossing yeah. into Canada yeah. of being up here in Burlington, Vermont. Um, I guess you guys technically are in Essex Junction, but which is right outside of Burlington. Right. So so how has that transition been? Has it been difficult? Have there been any challenges or has it been uh, easier than you may have expected? What's, what's running through your minds? First impressions, um, it's not as bad as, as you... As, you, as I always heard growing up, like, oh, the North people are, yeah, you have your, your I guess, Northern stereotypes um, that people talk about in the South. And so, like, you know, Northerners are rude and not as polite and, like, the food isn't as, it's bland and... Yeah. Um, Some really opinionated friends. <laughs> no gravy. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just um, uh, everyone's super liberal and... I don't know, you just kind of yeah. get uh, get these ideas um, uh, put in your head. And, uh, and you know, uh, some of those things have been true. Um, but I think uh, just not to the extent that I had sort of heard. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, with... Um, as far as with the people not being as nice, that, yeah, that's just not true. Like, I, I've noticed that people... Um, um, definitely communicate differently mm-hmm. um, uh, here at least being on several like job interviews in the past year uh, at, like doctor's offices and hospitals like um, some people are just as friendly as people in the south are and so like uh, you know that's that takes no getting used to but mm-hmm. you do have your other people who um, aren't unfriendly um, mm-hmm. they're just not overly friendly mm-hmm. um it, it's just sort of they're not like if you imagine like an, a, a number line with zero and then you know negative one negative two negative three and one two three on the other side they're not one way or the other you know they're just zero they're right in the middle like people just tell you what they think mm-hmm. um and so like some like job interviews it would sort of be hard to read people like are they really interested in me? Because I'm not really getting much, you know? And so um, I sort of understand where where people would, yeah, where people would say that they're unfriendly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, I would say I don't think that people are unfriendly. I think that people just communicate a little bit differently. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing, I will say the food, um, that, that holds true a little bit. Um, uh, as far as the foods that we've had, um, in general, I feel like the South, at least having grown up in the South, the food tends to be a little more um, spiced 
uh, flavorful. Well, especially coming from Louisiana, right? Right, right. Um, and not spicy spiced, but like just flavor spiced. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely think we use more salt and more sugar and more butter in the South. Right, right. Which is to be expected. Yeah, but that's not all the food up here. I mean, things like hamburgers are, are about the same, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, uh, I've i noticed, so in Vermont, there's a lot more farm-to-table food. So I've noticed the mm-hmm. local places mm-hmm. that have... Um, a relationship with fa- local farmers and local produce, their food is exceptionally good. Yeah, like, yeah. better than Louisiana because it's fresh. It doesn't feel heavy. You feel mm-hmm. good after you've eaten it, but it's really flavorful. It tastes good. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. All of the ingredients are like they taste like they should. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but then in other places, yeah, in other restaurants that don't that aren't necessarily farm to table they're just under seasoned and salty Mm -hmm. but i would say going back to um just the the people here i've noticed we we kind of wonder if it's even just the fact that vermont is more rural and it's more like people really cherish community here so i've noticed them being really friendly and people have our neighbors have brought us um fresh produce home like homemade chocolate chip cookies um they've brought us supper i mean complete strangers that we didn't know we met him one day and they brought us an entire supper for our family and my parents um so i would say the stereotype for in my experience or what i've noticed and what's like means a lot to me the stereotype doesn't hold whatsoever for me because i this is the warmest welcome i've ever gotten anywhere so um, it's interesting yeah. in some of the reading that I was doing before we moved up here. One of the articles described Vermont as like the southern hospitality of the Northeast. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, which right. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. cool. And yeah, that's kind of held, yeah. that's kind of held true. So in summary, we prepared ourselves for the worst, mm-hmm. and it ended up not being as bad as the yeah, worst. Right. Yeah, right. Which I think is the right impressive. way to go. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, that's the right way to go, because I mean, you don't want to be underprepared and think everything is going to be perfect and wonderful when you get here, and, mm-hmm. totally. and it ends up being the exact opposite. So. Yeah. Well, and even the yeah. like the other the other thing that the other one that I mentioned of sort of just expecting everyone to be super liberal uh, yeah. and progressive. Uh, of course, that is much more common up here than it is in the South, but mm-hmm. uh, but I, I find that um, a lot of sort of that thought process tends to be more sort of in the main cities, uh, Montpelier mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and um, Burlington and Burlington, um, whereas like and and you mentioned the same thing, Michael, driving through like rural upstate New York, mm-hmm. you know, crossing over. Um, I mean, you see multiple like, yeah, Trump flags or even rebel flags. Yeah, and, that was very unexpected. Yeah, yeah. And, and things like where you're like, oh, okay, not everyone up here. You know, and so like there is still uh, definitely um, uh, a, like a conservative uh, presence, you know. Yeah, sure. um, and not that that's important one way or the other, but again, just as one of those things where um, that you sort of hear about, or at least for me, sort of hearing about growing up, you yeah. know. Um, uh, and so, yeah, it's interesting. It seems to be that the more rural, um, which uh, tends to be most of the state of Vermont is super rural, it seems like the more rural people are, um, the more southern-ish they seem to be, mm-hmm. you know, as right, with right. the... Similar culture. Yeah, mm-hmm. similar culture. And, and I guess that's more of a rural thing than it is more of a southern thing. You yeah, know? yeah. Uh, so it's been cool, yeah. 
Awesome. Awesome. Very cool. Well, so in, in church planning and in, I mean, I'm sure this isn't just a principle that goes with church planning. It's probably one that goes with any time that you relocate to someplace new. Um, is this idea of there being a honeymoon phase of, of your move where everything seems great and perfect. You, you love the, um, the area that you're in and like the nature here is so amazing. The people are so nice and all this different kind of stuff. There's this like this rose colored glass or a rose colored view of everything. Um, and, uh, but quickly in, especially I think in, in mission work, when things start getting harder, you don't see fruit right away and all these different kinds of things. Um, it can kind of start wearing off a little bit and, and a little bit harsher reality kind of starts setting in. So it, it seems like you guys are, are like, you know, in a good place and, and right smack dab in the middle of the, the honeymoon phase, which I think is an important phase because it, it starts to endear the place to you. Um, you know, and you start like loving it, which is a good thing. But do you feel that um, that honeymoon phase, like the, maybe the, the veneer is coming off a little bit and you, you're starting to see under the hood of, of living here? Or does it feel like, you know, things are still going pretty well? And, uh, and do you guys have like a, I know there's a lot of questions at once, but do you have a strategy for when um, that honeymoon phase starts to wane? Yeah, I've been thinking about this a lot because I definitely get excited about adventure and change and mm -hmm. um all of that i mean for me oh sorry yeah um <laughs> for me i notice that um the quarantine kind of put a damper on the honeymoon phase <laughs> right so that that was a struggle at first like the whole first month here was kind of hard and kind of it was very bittersweet definitely applies mm -hmm. um because it was beautiful and it was wonderful and i felt like i was supposed to get this honeymoon phase feeling um but everything was just really sad because it was a lot more closed down mm -hmm. than tennessee was and um we couldn't really get out and explore and we still kind of have a hard time like we can't go to a lot of local restaurants um so I feel like the honeymoon phase, either it's going to be lengthened or it's going to come a little bit later. But, um, I mean, I still definitely see the differences that I prefer more than Tennessee. And so mm -hmm. that's like looking at the mountains makes me feel, you know, like the giddiness and stuff mm. and, <clears throat> and like eating healthier foods, um, is really important to me. And I have a lot more access to that here. Um, I don't know if that'll get old necessarily, but it'll like the butterflies will go away, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, and, but, um, but meeting new people, that's definitely going to like the excitement of that is probably going to go away and it probably hasn't gone away yet. Um, Cause at, at a later point, it'll be more of, um, there'll be a lot more responsibility attached mm -hmm. to like meeting new people and stuff. And right now it's just like exciting cause everyone's new. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think, I mean, honestly, I just feel like staying plugged into the community that we have will really help like get us through the hard time of like getting past the honeymoon stage or like feeling more like locals and just relying on like people at new King, the church mm -hmm. that's mentoring us to, um, to see what they've experienced because a lot of the people part of that church have moved from the south and they've been here and so I think just like talking to them and um, having them understand and empathize will like really help and just to see how they've coped or what 
things have made it easier on them to enjoy. Um, and I know, I know a lot of it is going to happen during the winter mm-hmm. when the hard weather hits yeah. and we're stuck inside again, kind of like quarantine, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, I think just relying and staying plugged into community and like not staying inside just because the weather is bad, like making an effort to still go to small groups and go to church and, um, and even go outside and do all mm-hmm. of the snow activities and all of that, but Right, right. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I think we're definitely still in, yeah, still in that honeymoon phase because, yeah. I mean, I think about, um, yeah, I mean, we're pretty well settled in now. I'm, I would say we're past the like moving, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. even getting out of the unpacking stage. I mean, we're pretty much finished with that, minus a few small things. But, um, but, <clears throat> in my mind, I feel like it's really gonna end when. Um, when I start working and then when she has a baby, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, that's when, right. uh, lots of things will change, you mm-hmm. know, cause even now we're, we're very free to do a lot of different things. Um, but like once I start working, like my schedule is gonna, my, is gonna affect sort of, you know, how we navigate our time and that kind of stuff. And then when we have a baby, that's going to affect how we navigate our time and how we navigate going out and going to have dinner at people's houses and that kind of stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so yeah, there's definitely a time coming, you know, that I can foresee where, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll sort of be out of this, like, yeah, we just moved here and sort of settled into, like, all right, now now we start doing life. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It feels um, like the calm before the storm kind of right now. Right. everything's pretty... Yeah, settled. Everything's normal. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Lacey, I think you touched on something really important as well because one of the things that they like they you know talk about a lot in, in missions classes and things like that and um, in conferences and all that fun stuff is when you start feeling that honeymoon phase kind of like start slipping away. A big tendency for a lot of missionaries is to begin to isolate themselves and to just um, kind of insulate themselves from any sort of like, you know, the outside world and things like that. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a, it's a really big temptation, especially if you start kind of getting frustrated at all of the little things that are different from what you're used to. Um, and, uh, so I know for like, um, so Kayla and I, we lived in Germany for a while and there's a bunch, it wasn't the big things. It wasn't like things like the, the language barrier. That was the main issue. It was all the different small things mm-hmm. that, you know, started to kind of have this, like, you know, the slow drip effect, mm-hmm. um, on us. Like, um, they had where we lived, they had probably like 17 different bins for different types of recycling. Oh, yeah. Um, they had like <laughs> different understandings of what a shut door for a bathroom meant. So, like you had to make sure that you yeah. locked the door when you go to the bathroom in Germany. Cause just it being shut just it's means not it's not being used. So uh-huh. like, like I, yeah. So we have some stories with that. Um, but so it's all these like little, little micro things that add up into this big macro Mm -hmm. problem eventually. Mm -hmm. And when that happens, um, when I moved to Germany the first time, like I felt that desire to just shut myself away, Mm -hmm. um, from everybody else because you just almost become like depressed almost. Mm -hmm. But like Lacey, what you said about being, um, making sure that you stay connected to the community and not just allowing yourself to stay sequestered in your house when the weather gets bad, but going, going out in it and making Mm -hmm. sure that you keep those relationships, um, strong is, is so important, Mm -hmm. is so important. 
Um, and I think it's something that we're, we're all going to have to do, um, you know, when we start kind of feeling those frustrations, you know, because I think I think some of us may be more apt to get out of that honeymoon stage much quicker than than others, you know, mm-hmm. just because of different personalities or different experiences in life and all that kind of stuff. So that man, that's such a, a good wise thing to to really hold on to. Um yeah. I, well, I, uh, I mean, the, just to, to address the second part of the question, sort of what the plan is. Um, yeah, I mean, connecting, um, uh, with the community, like you guys said, but then also I think, um, you know, I think staying, what am I trying to communicate here? I think being able to come back and even listen to these podcasts, mm-hmm. you know, um, as an encouragement of saying like, okay, you know, recognizing even if we're in a season that feels overwhelming or yeah, that mm-hmm. feels, um, yeah, like we're sort of, uh, getting a little depressed or whatever. Um, recognizing that like it's, it's temporary, Yeah, you know, um, things, things, can and will change and get better, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, and also I think, and we did this and we've talked about this before, but we did this when we moved from Louisiana to Jackson, Tennessee. Um, but sort of taking ownership of this place as home. Yeah. Um, I- instead of saying, well, we're from here, you know, we're from Louisiana or we're from Tennessee, but now we live here. Mm-hmm. Um, but sort of, sort of um telling ourselves okay well well now we're from here you know mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. uh and you know when we drive down our street you know like this is my street this isn't just yeah the street of the house that i live in you know mm-hmm. like this is my street this is my neighborhood mm-hmm. you know this is my my local coffee shop you mm-hmm. know this is my church um mm-hmm. and I, I think sort of telling ourselves that and reminding ourselves like this is this is where we live now. This is right. this is our current home, you know, and and sort of diving in head first into that mm-hmm. instead of just sort of dipping your toe in and your foot in mm-hmm. and easing into like, um, you know, easing into like, okay, well, this is a different place and we have to be careful and um, and I I mean yeah you do have to be careful and that kind of stuff but I think um, I think just being committed to that, you know, yeah. and taking ownership, yeah, um, will help. Absolutely. Well, that kind of leads into the next yeah. question of, um, uh, I mean, the next, <clears throat> the next question really is is all about the Great Commission. I mean, this whole podcast is about the Great Commission, Matthew twenty eight. Um, so I think there's a a wrong. Uh, delineation inside of the church saying that this group of people are missionaries and these this group mm-hmm. of people are just you know regular lay people. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and I and I understand that designation to a, a certain degree to help you know just for clarity's sake sometimes you know but uh, often when people think of missionaries they think of like you know people in full time ministry going to someplace else or whatever so I think sadly um, I, th- I think of the Christiansons you know because mm-hmm. um, they moved to Wisconsin is that I, right that or Michigan I know it's not Michigan it's not, okay it's then, a cold state another cold state yeah, yeah. Um, and. Uh, I I view them as as missionaries because they went to a, a predominantly unchristian area as at least that's what I think I've been told, um, and and a lot of people I, I think sadly 
didn't really view them that way because they're, you know, he went because of a job. Right. But, you know, talking to uh, Christian Christensen, which is a hard name to say sometimes, <laughs> um, he views them, I believe he views himself as a missionary. You know, they're there on mission to, uh, to share the gospel and, yeah. and his job is the way that they do that. Um, and so my next question is like, how do you guys, like as I think definitionally missionaries, uh, how are you guys doing with, with doing mission work as missionaries as a couple? Like, how does that, how does that feel? I don't know if you've ever really considered yourselves yeah. that before. Um, but yeah, how's that, how's that going? Yeah, I, I was just thinking about this the other day. It may have even been before we knew you would be asking us this, but mm-hmm. someone made a comment and somebody, it was very complimentary and it, they said something about being a missionary and something. And, and I just kind of laughed and I was like, oh, thanks. <laughs> and, um, it, 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 I mean, it was sweet. It was like, in the way I received it, I felt like it was putting me on a pedestal. So it made me a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, but what I just started noticing is, I, I think you're right. I think most of us should consider ourselves missionaries if we are believers who care about the gospel and the Great Commission. But mm-hmm. I'm really grateful for the position that we're put in to make a great sacrifice because just as a human it helps me to like solidify the responsibility that I have Mm -hmm. and the fact that I'm accountable not only to God but like also to myself and to my family that we've moved so far away from family from some other family um we've moved away from a familiar culture um, we have made all of these sacrifices and it's, it, I, it's really helpful to remind myself that I don't want to make all these sacrifices for naught. Like I want to make all these sacrifices so that like God is, God's will is accomplished mm. and something, um, greater can happen just because I made those sacrifices. Now it could have happened if I stayed where I was hundred percent. But for me, it's been helpful for my mind to kind of shift gears and hold myself to a different standard because the setting is a bit different. And, and I mean, this setting is, there are a lot more unbelievers that are pretty much in your face unbelievers Mm -hmm. that you can distinguish. They are not interested in church. They are Mm -hmm. not interested. They are obviously, you know, it's not this talk of, yeah, I go to this church and you're still wondering if they're a Christian. It's like, I don't go to church and Mm -hmm. I'm not a Christian. So um, that does help. Um, Moving to a place that's mainly unreached does help. And it makes you feel more like you have the responsibility of a quote unquote missionary. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's just kind of how I felt. Yeah, absolutely. Ethan, what are you, what are you thinking? I lost, I lost my train of thought while you were talking. I'm sorry. What was the question? No, you're fine. Uh, so, like, you know, you guys are a missionary missionaries, couple. Missionaries, right? Yes, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, it's that's something that I'm still um, sort of getting used to in sure. in my head um, because, yeah, seeing, um, I it doesn't. I guess the short answer to that uh, the, the question is, how does it feel? Is um, in in sort of the I guess classical definition of, of 
of missionary, I guess, that I grew up with in the church mm-hmm. is, yeah, it's like someone going overseas to serve. Wearing say, white robes coming right. in with the like the sun beaming perfectly behind them. Exactly. To, yeah. Yeah. Daunting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so the short answer is it, it doesn't. It doesn't feel like yeah. like I'm a missionary, you know. Yeah. Um, but when I... When I sort of examine the the word and and, and my faith, um, then I look at uh, yeah I, I look at this opportunity to yeah to to sacrifice and to come and 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 contribute um, to a Christian community you mm-hmm. know uh, however small that may be um, and contribute what everything that I can you know mm-hmm. um, and you know whether that looks like serving or giving or um, uh, and, and then on top of that uh, seeing my work as ministry too that, and mm-hmm. that's something that I'm still trying to I guess solidify in my mind reading a book by uh, by Timothy Keller Every Good Endeavor mm-hmm. I haven't gotten very far um, but it's sort of all about um, our faith and um, and our work um, not not in the same vein as as in faith and works as far as like the word goes but our faith and like our vocation mm-hmm. um, and how how our faith um, does and or doesn't and and should um, sort of influence our vocation and, mm-hmm. and influence our motivations behind our, our vocation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so anyways, that's something that I'm really diving into right now. Um, because yeah, even with, uh, you know, I mean, I'll, I will have with my new job, I will have a much lighter schedule, um, work schedule as compared to residency. I'll be working, you know, four days a week, eight to five ish, you know, um, and that schedule is much better than before, but that's still 40. Well, no, 38, no, sorry, 32 hours a week that um, that I will be doing something else mm-hmm. other than classical ministry, you know. Um, and so being able to see that as a way to, during those 32 hours, as a way to serve um, my patients and my coworkers and, um, and minister to them in a way that they can see the gospel as well. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm still sort of, still sort of, I guess, learning to apply that and see mm-hmm. what that looks like. But yeah, so that's that's something that I kind of see as sort of my being a missionary is not just being here as part of the church plant, but also as as someone to serve the community. I mean, as a physician, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's kind of where I am. So the next question that I have, I guess, is is how do you view all of this as well in in uh, in the light of being parents? You know what mm-hmm. what about you know being missionaries, being church planners? Like what about that do you want to get across to to your your daughter or mm-hmm. and to your soon to be second daughter? Mm-hmm. Um, what sort of like life are you hoping that they 
um, glean from this. I got, I have like, there's this weird thing called glean the cube, which is like a weird, like skater term, I think. And so anytime I say glean, I think of glean the cube, bro. So anyway, really weird. But, but anyway, um, so like what kind of, uh, principles do you want your, uh, your, your kids to really grab onto from, yeah. from this, from yeah. this experience? I think it's a fine line, um, of, you know, sort of one side of that being, giving yourself too much to ministry Mm -hmm. uh to the to the neglect of your kids you know Mm -hmm. um or or you know somehow not being the same person in ministry as you are at home with your Mm -hmm. kids you know i mean right there's i mean you we all know the like uh the classic you know pastor's kid sort of story you know um and so uh you know, I, th- I think there's a line there of doing ministry and balancing ministry and family well versus not balancing it well. And so, um, you know, for us, I want, you know, I want Heidi and Tilly or Lucy or whatever we're going to name her um, <laughs> uh, to see our motivation behind why we're serving mm-hmm. yeah. um, and the heart behind that. Mm-hmm. Um, not just that we serve. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, that's something that we do. We got to go to church. We got to do this. We got to do this, you know. Um, but but the heart behind that, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and as, I, as I'm speaking right now, I'm, you know, that it makes me think of another question of, well, how do, how do they see that? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and I, I think that that's going to take having some intentional conversations yeah. with them. You yeah. Know? Right. Um, not just living life and just doing it, mm-hmm. but also being intentional about having conversations and explaining why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. I think being consistent is just so key. And I, I'm noticing it spe- in specific ways. Like we make sure that we read the word to her every single day, even if it's a toddler Bible mm-hmm. or us reading it or a, a Bible story that's illustrated. Mm-hmm. Um, but some kind of spiritual, um, like giving her spiritual disciplines basically, but, um, but talking about it in her, in the way that she can understand it. And I start noticing like, um, when we are at church, when we're in church and, kind of thankfully to quarantine she's in um the church service with us with all the other adults Mm -hmm. but she sees us talking about the word and she sees those same stories being talked about by an adult who's speaking to other adults Mm -hmm. about jesus about elijah about um john the baptist and she knows these stories because we went over them at home And now she sees them, you know, she sees adults talking to us and Mm -hmm. teaching us about John the Baptist while we teach her about John the Baptist Mm -hmm. and just kind of reiterating that. But I know I can already see the struggle of, you know, sometimes if she wants to break a societal rule of like being really loud in church or, you know, and me having to remember, I want her to be a part of this. I want her to take ownership. Mm -hmm. So during worship, instead of, you know, like, um, trying to distract her and let her color and be loud. Like I let her dance in church and we Mm -hmm. dance together 
and try to engage her as much as possible. When he mm-hmm. says the name of a Bible character, like showing her that in her little toddler Bible, and hey, he's talking about this story, and just yeah, having right. her walk through the steps while we walk through it. I don't want her to have a different experience than mm-hmm. what we have. Mm-hmm. I want her to meet little friends that don't believe in Jesus and tell them Jesus stories, just like we're going to meet new big friends and tell them about Jesus stories. Like, I just think consistency on all fronts is really important. Yeah. Um, and we won't always do that well, mm-hmm. but, um, but if it's our goal, I feel like, and we're just really transparent and we're not trying to be a missionary, you know, <laughs> yeah. we're trying to be a Christ follower at all times and, um, and being consistent with that as much as possible. I think it helps. So have you guys noticed God working already in your time here? I mean, you've been here for like two months. Yeah, right at two months. Yeah. So uh, <clears throat> what ways have you seen God move or, or have you seen, um, I don't know, different opportunities open themselves up or anything like that? Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, um, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind, uh, which this was a little bit later, um, so this was just like several weeks ago, um, but uh, we, I, I was sitting on the front porch just dr- drinking coffee, and this older lady comes by. Let me preface this, which <laughs> makes the co- story cooler. That oh, yeah. morning, while we were sitting on the porch, he said, I think we should be praying about what we should be doing during this time before I go to work. Like, he already said it, and it made me a little nervous. I was like, what are we not doing? <laughs> and anyways, and this all happened right after you said that. Yeah, so, uh, like, I'm, I'm sitting there, and Lacey had gone inside to uh, play with Heidi. And uh, and so I'm sitting there, and this elderly lady sort of walks by, and she's walking her little dog. She's probably, I'm not sure how, I'm not sure how old Miss Nancy is. Anyways, um, but she's walking, and, uh, and she very friendly uh she stops and introduces herself and she's like hey um you know i just moved here and uh and i just thought i would introduce myself uh she and, and she was like i moved from uh memphis tennessee and and uh and i was like oh okay well we just moved here from jackson tennessee and so it was uh you know it, for those of you who don't know memphis and jackson are about an hour apart um uh in uh tennessee and so uh, yeah, anyways, uh, we got to talking, and she was like, oh my gosh, like, that's so cool. She was like, I was just walking uh, and, and praying that I could, you know, find some, uh, some other believers and that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, and um, anyways, uh, we were talking some more, and, and apparently, so she has uh, a son who, uh, who lives up here, and I think... He was an Anglican minister, and then now he's like a Catholic priest, I think. Um, and uh, and her husband passed away about 18 months ago, and so I think she moved up here to be closer to her son and granddaughter. And so, uh, but yeah, she's been awesome. Um, and I mean, that's just one of the yeah one of the things is like, oh my gosh, like of all yeah, it's just it's amazing, you know. Um, and and I you know I mean she's already a believer, but you know it's that's one of those things that. Um, well, it's a little I, bit she of confirmation. Was, yeah, confirmation, like, and she right. was just saying, like, man, like, yeah, we should, like, we should do some prayer walks around our neighborhood, and, mm-hmm. um, and like, and as I'm sitting there talking with her, um, literally as we're having a conversation in the front yard, this other elderly man walks up on walks up with a walker, uh, and he's he's 
pretty elderly as well. Um, and uh, we introduced both of ourselves to him because, again, both of us are new to the neighborhood. Uh, and he was like, hey, my, I'm Tom. Um, and uh, essentially uh, gave us, uh, told us, so he and his wife have been married for 70 years. Um, and uh, right, um, so just sort of within walking distance from our neighborhood is this um, elderly home uh, for um, uh, like dementia, dementia and, and elderly people with memory issues. And so his wife has developed some like pretty severe dementia. Mm. And so she lives there. And so he walks over and sees her every single day. Um, but like he broke down and, and kind of started crying because he's obviously grieving. I mean, I can't imagine being with someone for 70 years and then, yeah. and then them like not remember who you are. Like, yeah, mm. that would be awful. Um, and so, uh, like Nancy and I prayed for him right there, and it was just awesome. Like uh, it was a really neat opportunity, you know. Yeah. And uh, and I mean, we've met, we've been able to meet um, so many of our other neighbors. Often, often most of our neighbors are are more elderly, you know. Um, but uh, they've all been really great, and yeah. Again, it's just we see. I think opportunity, you know, um, and it's just a matter of sort of taking the opportunities, you know, um, and, and uh, we were talking about this before, but recognizing these moments in conversation with these people where they invite you into sort of the next level of, of, of depth, you know, you're not just talking about the weather anymore. You're talking about, I mean, human suffering yeah. with Tom, you know, yeah. and loss, you know, yeah. um, and, um, and being able to connect, learning to recognize those opportunities and then learning to connect those to the gospel, mm. you know? Yeah. Um, and so that's just cool. The opportunities are, are here, you know? I think God has shown me how it's going to look, um, how it looks. I, I, in the past, before we moved here, I saw Lacey as Lacey living in the South around other Christians and Lacey that always goes to church and is around church people. And then I had this idea of what does evangelistic Lacey in Vermont look like, you know, and now I'm starting to see like God's just showing us like what our roles here are and what it looks like. And it doesn't feel that much different, but it feels a lot more rewarding, I Mm. think. Um, And so I think that God's just been showing me like, not specifically what my lane is. I mean, God can do whatever he wants with me, but um, it it's just becoming more real to me, and I'm mm-hmm. God's starting to show us like what that looks like. I've made a few relationships with people and um, have been able to bring them to church with us and mm-hmm. um, just get really into deep community with people, and that's just really all we're seeing right now, just how quickly deep community can happen. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not any different wherever you are. I mean, it's just, we're all humans and Mm -hmm. we connect um, in pretty specific ways and just to keep doing what I've always known to do to connect with people Mm -hmm. and to be genuine with them. Um, So God's just showing me that, but honestly, God's shown us a lot more too. (laughs) So many things. Yeah, that's good. I mean, that's a good thing for sure. Yeah. That's really encouraging to, uh, I mean, Kayla and I, we just got up here two weeks ago. And so we're just now past that mandatory quarantine period. And we're we're excited to like just be able to jump into our community and, and yeah. get to know 
our neighbors. And um, yeah, I mean, like you said, even in just a short amount of time, we've been able to see God work in, in a few ways. Um, so I want to end this by, um, so often I like to end like the interviews that I do for the Nerdy Apologist by asking the people to give advice um, to, uh, to Christians who are either dipping their toe into apologetics or uh, people who are just wanting to learn more about a given topic. Um, so I, I want to ask you guys, like what advice would you give a couple who maybe like yourself, maybe um, they never really thought about church planning until recently or something like that. Uh, what advice would you give them about making this kind of move? Um, do it. <laughs> Done. Thank you for listening to the Willing Podcast. We will talk. Yeah, no, uh, I, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, find uh, mentors and get their input. Yeah, my advice is get more advice. <laughs> get more advice. Our advice get good to advice. you is get good advice. That's it. No, I mean, yeah, that's a big part of it. Um, I, I think finding people who have done ministry uh, and people, uh, you know, for us, sort of um, official ministry is new to us, you know. Um, I mean, we've, we've been involved in church and we've served, you know, but we haven't really been a part of any, anything official, you know. Mm. Um, neither of us have any ministry training. Um, and so I think for me, Part of my hesitation was not feeling prepared or, or something like that. But in a place like this, um, and, and our situation is specific because we didn't move to another country or anything like that. Um, but uh, at least in our situation, the way, I, the way I see it is the more believers who can come here and contribute to the work in whatever way that looks like uh, in, in, in your vocation in serving in the church we just need like uh, we just need bodies you know <laughs> yeah. I mean that, yeah. you know um, and, and and we can we can learn together, and we can mm. train together, yeah. and and we can share. And uh, and I, I think what I'm trying to say is, it's sort of like having a kid. Like you're you're never just ready, you know. Mm. You never get to the point where you're like, all right, we've done this, we've done this, we've done this, and we've arrived. Now let's do it. You know, it, that point never comes. Um, and so I think at some point you do just have to sort of prayerfully consider it and get advice from people who have been in the ministry and done ministry and, uh, and have a plan. I mean, for us, our plan was to be um, part of, of this team with you guys um, and to build community within our team and then also to join the community of believers at New King to do more training uh, you know, we're not just moving up here cold, uh, you know, and so we are, uh, there's a plan. Uh, and so I think that's wise. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, yeah, you're never going to feel completely prepared, which mm. I think 
is what brought me back to my original answer of just do it. Mm -hmm. At some point, you just have to decide, uh, is this something that we feel God is calling us to do um, in our lives and in in our ministry? and, And yeah, I just feel like the... Um, classical definition of a of a missionary of of doing ministry, sort of at least for me, was in this box. Sort of was in this genre. Was in this. Uh, I had all of these ideas. That it, it sort of has to look like this, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I don't think that it does. I, I think that it could look like a lot of different things, and. You don't have to have have arrived anywhere, you know. Um, I, I mean, I, I think about the, the the disciples, you know, before Christ died. I mean, at, at one point, Christ is talking about uh, going and and being crucified, and then coming back three days later, and. They're like, what? <laughs> and this is like yeah. right before it happens, you right. know. Yeah. And like they don't get it, and mm-hmm. uh, and and then it, it it all happens, and and of course the Holy Spirit comes, and and they they recognize what has happened, and uh, and they just it's the the simple. I feel like ministry is this paradox of it is simple, but it's also so deep and so complicated but it's also really simple you know you don't have to have all of the understanding um uh to to minister and and to talk about christ and and to share that but Mm. uh but as you go deeper the more depth and rich richness there Mm. is and so uh anyways i feel like i'm rambling at this point but no that's good all that being said you just never arrive. Mm. And so for us, it was recognizing what, you know, as we read the word and as we pray, um, what seems like the right thing for us to do right now. And the more we were in the word, uh, the more right this felt. Uh, The less we were in the word and the more we were, uh, thinking about the logistical things of moving and of being away from family and ev- all of that, the the more we leaned away from it and mm. the more scary it was. Mm-hmm. And at the at, and we thought, well, do we want to make a decision based on those things or based on our faith? Um, and so, yeah, it was a decision based on our faith. And whatever way it works out, um, five years down the road, if we are building and growing a church great if we're not even here great you know i mean i think god will use this time in some way Mm. and so we just want to be obedient and serve and yeah yeah i think advice i would give that i've just already seen um it's just reiterating what everyone what what so many people would say but now i'm just seeing it in real time is just have a mentor for sure but always stay in the word and i think a good a good place to be is prayer read the word and then pray mm. and then do it again pray read the word and then pray 
and then do it again. Mm. <laughs> and that is the best advice I could give you um, just because Ethan reminded me of it and I, um, Ethan reminded me of it so many times when we were here and we had questions and um, we even had like um, a team meeting that we had to have that could have been really uncomfortable or could have been really stressful. Um, but because I had the wisdom of my husband and the wisdom of other mentors reiterating what my husband was saying, um, just pray, read the word, pray. I mean, God specifically told me, you know, through his word, what, um, what was wise, how I needed to feel about it, how I needed to be at one with the Holy Spirit in, in feeling those feelings or thinking anything and how to handle, um, any, any issue since we've been here. Um, and just any opportunity since we've been here is just pray, read the word, pray, repeat. And you just feel so confident in, in the word and you feel so confident in the fact that you're not doing this through your own power. So it's just so freeing. <laughs> and, um, I don't know. I feel like that's the best advice I could give anyone because I want someone to, ex- I want all other Christians to experience that in ministry. I want them to experience complete dependence on God um, to realize that it's not them and their power. Mm. That's church planning. It's not them and their power that's, um, that's going to f- carry out the Great Commission. Mm-hmm. It's prayer Bible, prayer repeat. <laughs> And um, if it isn't, if it does end up being their own power, then um, it's it's a different experience, and that's not the experience I would want them to have. Yeah. Well, Lacey, Ethan, thank you so much, guys, for uh, for sharing with us your your experiences, um, the difficulties, and and just all the amazing things that God's doing. Um, you guys are a huge encouragement to me, the the faithfulness and the willingness to, to follow God and the mission that he has for your lives. Um, it's been just, I mean, just honestly a privilege to watch that happen. Uh, and, and a huge, again, a huge boost of encouragement to, to not just me, but Kayla as well, seeing you guys follow God in that way. Um, it's, it's amazing. So, all right. Well, that is it for this week's episode of the Willing Podcast. It'd be really cool to maybe do this with the Wilsons or something too, yeah, or, or have a whole team podcast. Mm, I think mm. Lacey and I talked about that. It'd be chaotic but awesome at the mm, same time. So, so good. yeah, yeah. We would just have to make sure we keep call, uh, Paul on the quiet side because that guy oh, is a yapper. Right. Let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks guys so much and thank you for listening. If you want to learn more about our ministry and what we're doing in regards to church planning, you can go to truthfordoubt.com slash church planning. And if you just want to learn more about the Truth for Doubt ministry in general, um, including our other podcast, The Nerdy Apologist and all the different episodes that we have for that and our interviews that we do with The Nerdy Apologist with... Um, with theologians and apologists from, uh, from around the world, uh, feel free to check out truthfordoubt.com. So thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. See ya.